Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. As always, welcome to a new episode of IC News. This is the editorial show for the cannabis industry. Uh, we have producer, roommate, friend, husband, Eric on the show today. It's been a long time coming. Glad to have you on here, friend. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Venice Beach. I hope you'll join us for some hot topics, for some financial news. We got a little more data involved this week. I think you're going to appreciate that. Um, topics include it's earnings week. Who hit their numbers? Who didn't? Cannabis layoffs are abounding. Nobody has a job. Nobody makes money. Drake creates more life brand. Super pumped for Drake. Plus partners with John Legend. More celebrities, more money. All right, guys, you're going to love it. I promise. Before we get into the show, just a quick shout out to our sponsor and partner, NorCal Cannabis Company. Normally, I do their 30-second normal ad read, um, and it's really good. I actually like the way that they wrote it. CMO Joel's crushing it over there. He's going to be on the on the show uh, in the upcoming months. Uh, we got to get him down to L.A. and in our new studio in Venice. Um, but, you know, I already did a little plug for NorCal. You should go out and try their products. They're really good. They're in dispensaries all over the place. As I've said on this show many times before, if you don't, if you haven't raised a lot of money in this industry, you're really not in very many dispensaries. Uh, and the ones that are in the dispensaries aren't always that good. You know the names. I won't say them all. But NorCal is one of the big, big single state operators that's raised a lot of money that produces quality stuff. I like what they do. I've been to the cultivation. I've walked around with Blair. They're beautiful cultivate. Yeah, I'm not going to read the ad read. It's cool. Um, I don't need to do the ad read. I like what they do. I love what they do. They're good people. Jigger was on the show. I'm looking forward to more in the future, guys. Um, so if you want to talk about NorCal, you want to partner, I think there's some investment opportunities for the right folks, strategic folks. Uh, please let me know. Plug over enjoy the show. I learned a ton. You'll learn a ton. Eric's first time out. Get acquainted. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis, or more specifically, IC News. This is the show where we give our opinion, our two cents in the world. The cannabis industry drastically, drastically needs some editorial. So here we go. We pick a couple topics every week. We chop it up. The other week, you get a great episode today. You know, we always have a co-host today. Long overdue, my producer, partner, friend, husband, Eric Frodo. Welcome, finally. Oh, well, thank you, Brandon. I'm very excited to be here, being on the other side of this for a long time now. And uh, yeah, excited to get started. Let's do it. Excited to have you. Try not to fuck it up. So <laughs> uh, you got a few topics. Let's get into them. Well, you know, I think one of the first things that most people who are following the cannabis space are looking at is the public cannabis market. So let's just do a little quick uh, roundup of, of earnings season. It's been Q3 earnings across the board. And I'll just, you know, list a few and then, you know, Brandon, give me your thoughts. So, you know, GW Pharma, Q3 revenue of $91 million, a uh, little ahead of expectations. And then we move on to Kushco Holdings, KS. HB, if let's you're looking for the ticker. Time. Let's take one at a time here. So GW is the number one um, revenue company for U.S. dollars in, in U.S. companies for, for cannabis. So, so GW was very early in this shit, um, and they were recognized very early on as one of the few 
true medical companies doing real research. But it seems like I haven't heard that much about them in, in a bit. They're not quite as relevant. Well, probably one reason is because we're pretty, you know, as usual, myopic here in the U.S. It's all about us. It's all about North America. And they've yeah. really expanded into Europe. Um, they got two about $2 million in sales, some of their products in Europe in this quarter, which was their, not their much, first though. But their first quarter in Europe, right? So these are the the things that they're really pushing on. Um, but you're right; it's it's the story is less U.S. centric, really. Not just less U.S. centric, but GW Pharma three four years ago, as you remember, everybody was like, "Oh, GW Pharma." And yeah, they were hot. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot. Um, so what was the question? Let's let's move on because okay. GW is okay. exciting, <laughs> but I think there's other ones that are more relevant to people. So Kushko Holdings, and we've had you know Nick on the show before. Um, their their numbers came in pretty great, to be honest. Um, they exceeded their expectations. Um, they you know provided uh, better guidance, um, but of course, like many of these companies, uh, guidance is just. They're basically their plan for what they expect to happen over the coming year. So companies give this so that investors can, you know, figure out what to expect and then whether they're trending well or not. Is it all numbers or is it also like, I don't know, hiring and firing and that kind of stuff? Uh, They start with the numbers, but of course everything is based on the people as well. So, um, But I mean guidance as opposed to... The guidance is... Oh, it's just guidance for the investors. Number based, yeah. I see. Okay. So they did a good job overall, but one of the things that not only Kushko and others have dealt with is just they don't make any money. So, you know, uh, just quickly, I'll run through a few others. Similar situation, Tilray, they got revenues of about $35.5 million. Great growth, but their operating loss is $23 million. Charlotte's Web, one of the few CBD companies out there that's doing well. Um, you know, they same thing where they have good revenues. It's hard to make money. Acreage, Columbia Care, Grow Generation, there's just a lot of companies I mean, out this, there this that have revenue but a, not profits. Yeah, just such a a larger topic, which is no one's making any money in this industry. Now, one I do want to p- push back on is TrueLeaf. We've been tracking them, and you may have heard about them on the show a few times from Brandon. TrueLeaf um, surpassed their expectations, and they're really one of the probably best-managed uh, public cannabis companies in the industry, but because they're in Florida only... They're really under discussed and under talked about. Why do you, I mean, is that just the Florida, you know, versus California narrative? I think it's intentional, first of all. I haven't had a chance yet to connect with TrueLeave. I got a call in the books in a few weeks. Shout out to Joe Kennedy and Onfleet for putting that together. Thanks, buddy. Shout out, Joe. Um, East Coast ball. But anyway, um, I think it's intentional. I think they kind of like to fly under the radar. And I think what we're going to learn when we interview uh, the CEO. What's Kim Rivers. Name? Kim Rivers. Shout out, I, Kim. We want you on the show. I think we're going to. Kim's going to come on the show. She doesn't know it yet, but that's going to happen. But um, I'll fly to Florida, Kim, if you want me to come. So, um, but I think what we're going to find is that she's relatively understated and the tone is often set at the top. The culture of an organization is set by the leader. Yep. And I think that she, um, this is intentional. I think you can also add to that, that the Florida story isn't very mature, right? It's all medical. It's not as sexy. There's not like lounges and, you know, celebrity endorsements and stuff. Um, I hear that. I hear that. So I think those are a couple of reasons, but I absolutely love that they're kind of under the radar like that. That's so fun. I mean, just to give our audience a few facts, I mean, they've opened six additional dispensaries this quarter. They have 35 total in Florida. 
That's impressive. They're full, you know, vertically integrated. Um, no, they're pretty much only focused in Florida. They, they are expanding to other states, but pretty much everything is in Florida currently. Um, but, you know, they make money. They have, you know, $100 million in what, cash. What is, what is Florida uh, GDP relative to other states? Oh, let's look that up. Give me a few seconds. Florida GDP. Um, it's a beautiful day in Venice Beach today, by the way. I just want to give a small update. I did tell everybody that we were making our way down to, to L.A., and it, it's been a fantastic move. Thank you to everybody. It has. Um, that's been so welcoming to us and don't listen to me continue we love la people that's all yeah, we're saying I'm so just, i'm just killing time. we got the number now uh florida in 2018 had a gdp of 967 billion which was fourth in the u.s behind new york california okay. and texas so very quietly we have a company creating not a monopoly but a dominant position in the cannabis florida market and it seems to me that a lot of people are focused on California, which has seen an insane amount of investment, and I would argue a gross mismanagement of a large part of that investment. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Yep. We're going to get there. Uh, but quietly, the number four state in the country, and if I had to venture to say, they're probably in the top 20 in the world. That's what I was going to add, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, if you if you think about it, you could think about it a different way. What if we put uh, a company like TrueLeave in Europe, but yep. we said they um, ran Spain or Italy, and that they right. were the biggest in Spain or Italy? You might is that is that comparable? What what is um, what's Italy's GDP? Let's check that. Or Spain's? I guess Spain's further along in the Spanibus. Let's see. Give me a few seconds. One one thing I want to bring up is, you know, while we're looking this up, guys, is, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that aren't doing very well. There's a few like truly that are in the cannabis space. Um, and one that I'm sure all of you are very aware of while we look this up, MedMen. And Brandon, just talk a little bit about it. They've continued to grow revenue wise, but they've really had some challenges of late. Well, Eric always encourages me to be inflammatory. Not in life, but mostly on the show. And um, I mean, from my perspective, MedMen is a fucking sham. That's what it is. I think that these guys have hobbled together a bunch of stores, got a bunch of early investors very excited about the apple of cannabis. Like anybody, like we needed that. That's like those memes where they're like, Nobody asks. And then they say, MedMen, apple of cannabis. You know, like no one gives a shit. Um, weed, the weed in MedMen is good. I mean, I live mere minutes. I can walk from from our apartment in Venice to, to MedMen. Look, it's a nice experience. The people are nice over there. The selection is good. I know they make a lot of money. They don't profit any money. They have some revenue numbers. I don't, what did they lose? $90 million in 2018 or some, some craziness like that? If it's I was lot, invested yeah. in MedMen, I'd be like, where do we go from here? I mean, who's going to buy this nonsense? Yep. Um, and they've got increasing levels of debt. It's actually a huge just real estate story there, too. They don't own all their stuff. They don't own all the land. They, 
I don't know. It, it just goes on and on and on. And every day there's a headline about MedMen. And although most of the time I think any publicity is good publicity, in this case, I don't think that there would be customers really read this shit. It's just the financial analysts and other entrepreneurs and potential partners. And I just think it's not going to go well. I just don't think we're headed in the right direction. I think if you look at the rest of the industry, which will be a good transition into the next topic, it's that there's contraction happening all over the place. And the fact that MedMen is suffering from this is no surprise. And what's going to happen is these individual efficient MSOs, SSOs, no. MSOs. No, that's multi. Oh, but they are multi. SSO. I'm talking about like TrueLeave. Yeah. They're going to buy whatever MedMen stores are left in whatever state. And MedMen's going to fall apart. Um, I just don't think it's sustainable. They're going to need a huge influx of cash. Which they've gotten. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, again and again and again, though. It, the model doesn't work. It's not working. It's not working. Going back to, I do have the number for Spain. So, cool. Um, Spain has a GDP of about uh, $1.4 Okay. So it's a little bit bigger than Florida, but At not... What? A, At what? At what? What do you mean? What's Florida? Nine hundred sixty-seven billion. Okay, so it's not that different, yeah. and you have to include also that. I'm actually not sure if this is contributes to GDP, but they can take much more in taxes because they're a federal government, right? Like Air, uh, Florida only because it's federally legal. You're saying no, no, because Florida only collects Florida taxes, but Spain as a country has a much higher tax rate than Florida's are allowed to, than can afford to garner. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I don't know if that applies to GDP. I don't know either, sense. but it does It does relate to just the size of the economy in yeah, general. Yeah, though. again, it's, it's about a narrative. If the narrative was that, you know, An TrueLeave was the number one, um, you know, cannabis company in Spain or in Italy, I think their stock price would be much higher than this narrative of their number one in Florida. And I just think that's a, uh, it's just, I'm not sure. I'm but, not sure. But about we'll that. See, who knows? I still think that there's a ceiling for annual dollars, euros, pounds, whatever that can go into cannabis. There's just still a, a premium and a risk profile that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Um, and that's why I, I disagree at the moment. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move on to a few more topics. So we, yeah, enough finance. We, we talked um, about who's making money, public cannabis stocks. And there's very few. And that has just trickled down into a really a huge amount of industry-wide layoffs. So let's let's talk about a few of them of recent. Um, Hexo, which is a Canadian cannabis producer, laid off 200 employees last month. CanTrust let 180 go in September. Weed Maps laid off more than 100 in October. PAX gave out 65-plus uh, pink slips in October. Ease has laid off a bunch of people. Um, and it's just continued. You know, we've seen more and more over the last few weeks. Why, Brandon? What What is the driver? Is it just no one's making money? Um, look, I mean, I think this is a healthy phase of any uh, market that's gaining efficiency. Basically, we've cocked up all the rules so badly in California um, that no one can really afford to make money legally. And that's why you see cushy punch selling shit out the back door. And you, you know, all these different examples of, of cultivators that say, well, 
I can do it the way I've been doing it forever, or I can starve. And for a lot of these people, this is all they know. Um, yep. And I'm not trying to play a sob story here. What I'm saying is that we've fucked up the rules so badly that now we're created a situation where people have no choice but to do things the wrong way. Um, and I, I'm sure it's a difficult position for a lot of these founders. I think we're lucky enough to work with companies that um, have really good funding and that, that's, I guess, goes along with why they can afford to pay us. Um, but I think without that, you're still kind of in the gray market all the time, right? So you are saying in, in, in summary, like funding is the key now because... It's always been the key. Yeah. So like companies with great products, look, there's a few that are that we know of that are actually selling well, right? Of these private companies like in California. Connected. Connected's doing well, but um, it's it's just so few. I think uh, Big Kiva, Al's does okay Kiva, that NorCal owns. Yeah, Kiva does pretty well. Kiva does well. Bloom Although Farms. Kiva, see, the thing with Kiva, which is really interesting is, and I'd love somebody to correct me if, um, if they disagree with this, but it doesn't seem like they really play nicely with the rest of the weed industry that much. Like you have, Why do you say that? Well... I just don't see them speaking on as many things. I don't see them in the news as much. I don't see them at the conferences as much. Like I feel like they've got their own good thing. They don't they do their own distribution. You're either like in the Kiva circle of trust or you're not. And I think just in contrast, Flocana doesn't seem that way, right? Flocana seems like and this is their narrative too, but we're all inclusive and the small farmer and let's co, you know, co-opetition. I hate that word, but, um, and <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't even know what, co- I wish Sabo was here. I can ask him what, well, fucking I, I think I'll, means. I'll give my best definition. Co-opetition is, um, cooperative competition in that it's a way to ha- allow, everyone or at least most people in an industry to succeed by being cooperative and competitive at the same time. Now I, uh, to, to play devil's advocate there on my own words, I don't think that's really realistic. Most things in life are, especially business wise are true competition. And while it can be nice if you have a real partner to cooperate with in cannabis, it seems like we've created a lot of these partnerships in quotes that aren't really partnerships. They're more competitive. Oh, I got an idea. I don't make any money and you don't make any money. Let's, Let's be partner together yeah. and lose more money. That's not coopetition. That's just not a smart business decision, I would argue. I mean, coopetition is a fancy San Francisco way to say socialism. <laughs> and that shit doesn't work. Capitalism is the most successful system in history for good reason. The cannabis industry will be no different. If you don't want to play by the rules, go home. I'm sorry. This is the way it works. Did we expect weed to be different than beer or wine or fucking staplers? Well, like it's all capitalism. Some people expected it to be different. Well, I don't think we did. You know, I'm expecting to retire at 35, but it probably won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of these rules in California, one thing that came up recently, just kind of going into this, um, is just how do you deal with the terrible rules that have allowed the black market to flourish and legal operators to suffer? 
And one of the things that was suggested um, by actually Mike Ray of Bloom was that East Coast investors are waiting for California to fail because these companies aren't making any money. Do you do you see that yourself, that there's a, a kind of a waiting game for a bunch of companies that are close to distressed assets? I agree with the second part. I don't agree that it's East Coast-based. I think that, um, look, this th- again, this has nothing to do with weed. This is a natural contraction in any cycle of a growing industry. Go do your research about other burgeoning industries and you'll realize that Bitcoin goes up and it goes way down. Yep. And the people get freaked out. Go look at Apple too. Go look at literally every every look at new Google, market Facebook ever. Yep. Um and it's just going to happen. And it's healthy. It's a good thing. This is where the strong survive. You're either one of two people. You're either listening to me say this and you're getting nervous because your money's drying up. Or you're stoked because you realize now that you're going to be the best and you're going to win. Well, can we can we talk about something? Because I agree, but I want to. We talked about how capital is kind of the king right now in cannabis. But one other thing that we've been talking about recently is the lack of true operators and the lack of focus on you know operational expertise in cannabis. And I think as we move forward into this next wave of cannabis, where brands are built and where you know, companies and billions and millions are one, it's going to be operating teams that can excel, not necessarily the most money. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, look, they, they go together. The problem in, in the cannabis industry is only a few companies can yet afford the best talent, uh, particularly when you think about the hubs, which are the Bay Area and L.A., if we're talking about California, these are two of the most expensive markets to live in the world. So, I mean, we go through this all the time with companies like they want somebody that gets one hundred thousand dollars that really should get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, They want a Ph.D. who's going to take, a, you know, a, a, a more of an entry level salary. It's like, and, well, that's not. And the work. truth is, there are some people that just love weed enough to do that. And that's a beautiful thing about this industry. But I would say most people, you know, if you have a family and you live in Oakland and you have two kids, like you just can't live on $85,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So that's really the reason that we have subpar operators. But again, I would say that's an opportunity. What that means is if you're really good, oh man, you're going to excel in this industry. Just give it another 18 months. Give yeah. it two years. You know, this shit's going to get figured out. And come um, in and, you know, people need to understand this. When you're, you're coming into a new space, you're, you're taking the salary is to pay your bills. The equity is your upside. Yeah. And so these, yeah. these people that come in and want the same salary that they got in tech, what they don't understand is you're, you're, you're buying into a, a, an upside story. You're not buying into the cash flow currently. But, but the problem is, Eric, if you are a highly qualified Stanford PhD, you've got all the options in the world. And what you say yeah. as you have more upside in the cannabis industry, it just may or may not, not be true. true. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I agree. I you know, agree. if you go to, if, even if you get a starting job at Google, your package yeah. of options may be worth three hundred thousand dollars or something. And let's know? be real, it's so much more certain. You know, yeah. And you go to work every day, and yeah. they feed you salmon, and you bring your dog, and life is good. And you Google, work till 3 PM. Google isn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're yeah. not talking about Google. We digress. And, and, it, and it's really not fair to make a apples to apples comparison. I, I don't like to do that too often. But the answer is, 
in this case, they really are just competing. And again, this is just a shout out to Dave and Flower Hire, but this is what he deals with all day, right? Like yep. getting people like excited about taking the jump, taking the risk yep. into weed. Well, and I'll, I'll give you an old adage, an old finance adage, which is, you know, capital, and I would argue talent, goes to where it's treated best. And so, you know, yes, we can have these rosy pictures of cannabis, but the facts of the matter are is that the tech world, specifically SaaS tech, is way more certain, profitable, and you know, better treatment for people. What are we people. talking about from an investment standpoint? Both. I, that's why I said capital and talent. I think you know, for both, it's I have it's to say, better. I've worked in a few of these high growth SaaS situations. It's really stressful for people. Yeah, but cannabis is stressful too. Regs change every six months. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. But the people are less stressful. That's the thing, right? In in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, in the tech industry, there's this huge intellectual arrogance. And it's all about not being more productive or working hard, but showing the other guy that you're smarter than them. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting, man. And unfortunately, yep. that doesn't happen that often in the cannabis industry. No, there's it's much better. Everybody's uh, just trying to keep their head above water yeah. all the time. It's a much better culture. And I, like you said, some people really want that and they'll take a lesser pay to come into it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still tough. It's still tough to find the top level talent for operators. And it's tough, and tougher I think, than ever I to think find investors. I think it's tough for very experienced, a.k.a. old people, because they just can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's transition a little bit um, out of kind of California and the black market to a couple new exciting things. Um Drake, Drizzy Drake from uh, six, six, six. from uh, you know Toronto, our homie up there. He has partnered with Canopy um, to start the More Life brand. Shout out Pranav, um, <laughs> and then so let's Pranav, let's talk about that. CEO I mean, of Charles is a huge Drake. Brandon, I'd love your thoughts. We've we've seen Jay Z come into the space. Obviously, Wiz Khalifa, Snoop, uh, Willie Nelson, a bunch of other celebs. Now Drake's getting into it. There's others. What do you make of all this? I mean, the rappers started this shit. Like, especially for me. Um, I mean, Jay-Z taught me the metric system. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what grams and ounces and, and zips were. Um, I still don't understand why it goes from ounces to pounds. Somebody can explain that to me sometime. But, um, <laughs> I'm no metric expert. Yeah. But anyway, um, they started this shit. I mean, these are the guys that made weed cool. You mean started from the bottom? <laughs> no, not from the <laughs> bottom. It's more like the Ice Cube um, lyric. It's like, uh, um, I started this shit, and this is a motherfucking thanks I get. <laughs> and in now, in 2019, probably more specifically in 2020, nobody's making it. Can't believe yet. it's 2019, by the way. Why? Crazy. <laughs> Comes after 2018. <laughs> um so I think in 2020, a lot of these rappers are going to make a lot of money because honestly, they deserve it. Like they, they proliferated this culture when everybody else was too scared to. Um, and I think that's rad. And they just go so seamlessly for me, obviously music and, and cannabis and shout out to my other new podcast with uh, music and mental health MTV VMA award winner shout Damian out Damien Lamar, Lamar Hudson. Hudson dot D coming big 
Look, I know they Bobby mix boy. well. Music and cannabis mix well. But is this going to work? But specifically, even more than that, is cannabis and hip-hop, right? I mean, they are synonymous. They are synonymous. Agreed, agreed. But but does this even work? You know, is, is Drake working with Canopy actually going to lead to them making a bunch more money? Is it going to lead to Drake making a bunch of money? Oh, hell yeah. What about Canopy? What if you're a <sighs> Canopy stockholder? Should you feel excited about that? I don't think you're... You're less excited. I don't think it's a detractor, but basically all they said was we're creating a new brand, right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to pay Drizzy to be the face of it. Drake didn't start a weed company. <laughs> um, back home smoking legal. Uh. But um, yeah, no, I, I fully wish them the best. I'm sure... He got a huge percentage off the top. He probably got like a $10 million advance from them or something. I didn't even read the terms. I don't need to. Shout out advances. Those are dope. And um, yeah, I, I cool. I mean, everybody's doing it. Yep. Celebrities. Well, let's talk about the, another one. Um, our friends over at Plus, shout out Plus, um, have partnered with John Legend and hit $3.6 million in Q2 revenue. Congrats to those guys. Congrats, uh, former former show, uh, former episode. Way back in the day, yeah. we had him on in, in basement 2016, Crunchy, I think. Crunchy, who I I'm happy to report is still involved, just a little behind the scenes. Um, I think it's dope, man. I mean, look, I guess I'm not surprised. Weed is a big deal. People like weed. It's a consumer brand. Celebrities are going to be attached. You know, I, I guess the only fear that I have is that these products are good enough because if someone's tries, you know, Jay-Z pre-rolls, I know they're not called that, but that's essentially what they're trying to do, you know, and Kaliva doesn't make a good product, which is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not chastising Kaliva. They make a good product. I just am using them as an example. No offense, friends. Dennis. Shout out Dennis. And Joe Montana. Shout out Joe Montana for <laughs> investing in weed companies. How old is that dude? 78? Like He looks um, great. He looks great. Yeah. Joe Montana. Um, what was I saying about Joe Montana? Kaliva. So if somebody buys a Jay-Z pre-roll and they're like, hmm, this is the Jay-Z. Maybe they're on vacation, right? Yeah. They came to San Jose for a conference. They're actually from Cleveland, Ohio. They, they touch down in sunny California. They go directly to the dispensary because they heard that they can buy pre-rolls. They get there and they see Jay-Z and, and this, and, you know, it's they buy it and they pay $18, including tax. And then they smoke it and it's not that great, right? And they could have gone into that dispensary and got a lot of great stuff that didn't have Hove's name on it, didn't have, you know, Flava Flav's face on it, Tommy Chong, whoever were Seth Rogen. Um, and instead they've had an inferior experience because they were attracted by that marketing and branding and packaging. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes me a little nervous. Same goes for CBD stuff. I mean, do you go and buy only the drugs that a celebrity sold to you? Do you use exclusively gold bond? Cause Shaq said so. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess there are people like that. I guess there are people like that. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned CBD because just to clarify for everyone listening, uh, Plus is la launching their new national brand of CBD edibles with John Legend and with Casper, actually, the direct-to-consumer mattress brand. 
Yeah, so they're going to help. Casper's going to help on kind of the sleep narrative, and obviously John Legend is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's it's a CBD play, and yeah, it's it's interesting as CBD goes more and more national, goes more and more global, um, gets more and more of kind of the marketing dollars because THC can't uh, accept them fully yet and use them. Um, we're seeing more of these celebrity brands come out um, on the CBD side. And, you know, while there's obviously good things with that, I mean, like you said, Brandon, it can lead to inferior products just based on purely celebrity endorsements. Um, We're not saying that with plus, but that it's just a new phenomenon that's happening more and more and more. Um, Yeah, no, I I just connected with a dude that does a lot of um, uh, Juju Marley stuff you know he's got one of the marley lights. shout out to the marley's julian marley um look man this is a story as old as time and people will figure it out the best will rise the other people will have layoffs just that's capitalism yeah definitely um well what more would you like to talk about brandon oh we have other topics or no we, we're, we're good that's to go pretty now. much most of it yeah how long are, do we know how long we're in about 30 minutes? Yeah. Oh, totally down to wrap it up. It's been a really nice time having you, friend. Oh, thank you Lover, so much. husband. It's been wonderful, um, and I, I look forward to potentially doing it more in the future. Uh, but also, we you know, we want more great guests, so please, you know, let us know if you want to yeah. be on the show. Do us, do us a favor. Do three things. Actually, four things. Do four things. I'm going to list the four. You ready? First of all, go buy one of NorCal's products. Just give it a try. Just try a Big Al's, try a One Life, Uh, just buy one eighth. If you don't like it, don't ever buy it again. That's the B-Dave guarantee right there. If you don't like it, don't buy it again. And in fact, if you don't like it and you email me, I will send you the money. I will refund you the money for that eight that you didn't like that you bought from one of the NorCal brands. Brandon's on Venmo, just FYI. Venmo. <laughs> I'm hot with the Venmo. I'm fast and loose and liquid with the Venmo. So the number two thing that I want you to do is if you like what you heard today, if you like what we do here, bring it to someone else. Tell a friend. Tell a colleague. Tell someone that's invested in a weed company. Write us a review. Could be really nice of you. Number three is write us a review. The last thing is, Tell us what you thought of this concept. Number four is tell us what you think just of having Eric on the show. If you liked our banter, I'm always looking for feedback. Everybody is always nice enough to tell me how wonderful the show is. And I really appreciate that. It it never gets old. But I also want to hear what to do better. I've been doing this almost five years now. And I'm trying to still improve. Every day is a learning lesson. That's right. Um, Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Sorry for my housekeeping rant at the end. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Thank you, everyone.